Today, I, I know will be a meaningful day, you know, for us. Mm-hmm. And you know, the journey that we're, that we're taking and the choices that we have. And I, I think, you know, earlier we were, you know, beginning to, you know, talk about, you know, the path. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am so grateful, you know, for each and every one of you for, yes. uh, you know, being with us, for writing, for sharing, uh, you know, the, the journey that, you know, you're experiencing in that real rich relationship with the Lord and how it is influencing your life. Uh, You know, that your marriage is better, you know, that your, that the peace and harmony in the home is one that is evident and is experienced and alive. So again, I want to know the peace of God, you know, for myself, but then it needs to be actuated, you know, in my relationships with others. Absolutely. As we're talking about this path, I think it's so interesting because how many times in my 55 years have I seen culture and society freak out because this is the end, you know? And so you see this history repeating itself over and over again. But I think having a more overarching um, um, perspective of of the path really helps. And so, Jim, um, I'd love for you to help us understand more about the practice, like how the times, like we'll call it the times, look from your perspective. Like how do wow. you see these times? Wow. You know, I, I get that question a lot because, oh. of, very spe- <laughs> because of, you know, specific books that I've written. And, right. Yeah. And, 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 but also uh, what I'm not asking is for you to look into that crystal ball. Right. right. You know, right. because that I think that's what a lot of people want. Yeah, is just you know, the tell magic. me mm-hmm. something super special, you know, so I don't have to develop a relationship with God. Mm. You, you know, know what, I, I what's mean, interesting? What's interesting yeah. about that is that people have this foolish, presumptive, religious idea that says, if I know what's coming. I'm automatically prepared for it. Oh my gosh. Stop it. Stop it. That is so, so profound. And it is, it's just the opposite. You know, I'm going to say something. I I don't even, I'm not even comfortable. I'm not even comfortable saying. Okay. Uh (laughs) Oh, wow. There has, there has been nothing major happen in my life since I've been a believer. I mean, nothing Hmm. that I didn't know about. Three to five, ten years in advance. Hmm. It never, you know, I haven't been taken by surprise. Right, 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 right. But you know, that does not mean that knowing that brought me any great amount of peace. Hmm. Uh, You know, uh, all that knowing that meant was you better get ready. You you better be ready to deal with this. You bet. Right. You know. uh, I, I'm, I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I've kind of started the first phase of writing a, an autobiography, hmm. and, um, and 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 in this autobiography right now, I have what I call my 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 lonesome traveler. Hmm. And when I was a kid, my lonesome traveler would show up. And I, and I can't even I can't even explain the depths of loneliness that I would feel when I was a kid, the isolation, and um, and so so what was really interesting I don't I want to go too far in this now, was that 
eventually I discovered that that type of loneliness was usually a precursor to uh, you know, you know, to things I had to deal with in my life. In other words, it wasn't like knowing this gives me great, any great comfort or insight or anything. It's just like knowing this means I need to learn to deal with this because this will be the thing that ends up ruling my life. You know, when I was, you know, when I got saved, wow. the Lord spoke to my heart and said, in three years, you will make a major decision that will alter your life. Two years after that, you will make another decision that will alter your life in a major way. My cat, sorry, David. My oh, cat we're listening. Getting... No, we're listening to the kitty cat. It's <laughs> yeah, very yeah, cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like, I yeah, want your attention. This cat is begging for every now and then. She just wants my attention. <laughs> I don't know why, but anyhow. So then it was like intense. because you're so desirable and lovable, <laughs> yeah, I'm Jim. Sure, I'm sure that's exactly what it is. <laughs> but it was sort of like then. In 10 years, I will begin to establish you in your calling. Wow. And so, you know, I didn't really walk around trying to build my life on those things. Hmm. I didn't I didn't try to make any any you know major decisions based on any of those things. But but when the time would come that those that those time frames were were coming into play, mm-hmm. I would always it would always come back to my mind, and I would realize, oh wait a minute, I'm 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 at that time, mm-hmm. I'm at that I'm at that place. You were alert and sensitive to notice. Yeah. it's like oh, and, and so you know, so I would have to prepare my heart to for yeah. what was coming next. Well, you know. I am not a prophet, never claimed to be a prophet, don't want to be a prophet, have no interest in it, you know. But but the honest truth is, I always know when people around me are going to die, usually about a year or two in advance. I, I always know when tragedy is going to hit anybody. Oh, my when gosh, I, that when, must be crazy. When I, walk into a, when I walk into a hospital room because somebody has called me to come and pray for them, when I walk in the door, I know whether or not they're going to live or die. Every time. Every time. Now, let me tell you something. A lot of people look at that and think there's some great spirituality or some great comfort in all that. There's not. Hmm. There's absolutely not. There's a burden of responsibility that hmm. says I have to make godly choices because of what I what I understand wow. is you know what I understand is 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 coming about. Now, everything that's happening, by the way, in our nation today, I saw it. More clearly than you can see it on the news today, almost fifty years ago, hmm. I always knew these things would come to pass mm-hmm. in the later days of my life. I always mm-hmm. knew that they would come. But let me tell you, there's not any great comfort in knowing hmm. that your nation is going to fall apart. There's right. not great comfort in knowing that wickedness and is going to rise in our nation and 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 people are going to be destroyed. People are going to you know their lives are are going to be consumed. All there is is I have this window of time to prepare myself mm-hmm. to face what I know I, I'm going to face. Yeah, you, know, you know when when Trump was elected, and so whether you are or are not a Trump fan is not the moral of the story I'm about to tell. 
But, you know, a lot of Trump fans would, you know, would reach out to me and, yay, 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 we've got it now. It's like, no, no, you don't. What you got is a window of opportunity to decide how you're going to manage your life, how you're going to manage your voting, how you're going to manage, you know, people that you want to help. And the truth is, if you don't use this window, Mm -hmm. then, and I'll tell everybody, four years from now, here... Here's what's going to happen. I knew yeah. I knew four years ago what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I said, and here's what's going to happen. And if you don't u- use this time to prepare for this uh, and possibly even change the course of history, then the real truth is, you know, all this is going to be is, is going to be a big old letdown to you because you're going to have four years that you're going to use for nothing because you're expecting God to just reach out of heaven. you got these crazy religious beliefs. You're expecting God yeah. just to reach out of heaven and do what the Bible says it is your responsibility to do. Exactly. Well said. So, you know, here we are looking at the world. I don't care. You, you, you know, let me just say this. And I, you guys know I've said this many times. If you think the Republicans are for you, you're stupid. If you think the Democrats are for you, you're stupid. There is not a party that is actually working for the well-being of our nation. Both parties have given themselves to elitism, you know, except for a few of their except for a few of their members. They have no interest in what benefits our country. They have no interest in what benefits our citizens. They are making global deals right now that will benefit them and their families, and that's it. And if you're expecting anything more than that out of government, you are so naive or so stupid that I don't even know how you find your way home. Yeah. And what I find, Jim, in my perspective, because we all have our, our own perspective of how we look at this because of our experiences, our past, our opinions about things, we are all going to have a, di- a different look on this. Yeah. And I have a particular look in the fact that I'm not very politically minded. I, I haven't ever felt like I need to apologize for that. I just don't spend a lot of time, focus, or attention on politics. It's just no. in my whole entire life, it's never been a theme. But as you are saying this right now, Jim, I'm saying, okay, now we have now. So instead of rehashing things in the past, now we have another window. We have yep. a window right now. And and if I know it's coming, it, I won't automatically be prepared for it. And there's no comfort in knowing ahead, but I have a window of time to prepare myself yep. now. And I have a choice of where I'm going to place my focus, attention, and thoughts. Yeah. And if it's on things that I cannot change, like which politician I hate or whatever, it's not going to benefit my life. No. Like it, it, spending time thinking and talking about what's wrong just does not, for me, does no. not deserve my attention or focus right. when I could be meditating on so many promises of God right. and, and, and even just being with him and communing with him. You know, here's another kind of interesting thing, and we'll drill this down to practical application. You know, we're okay. headed toward that. But yeah. here's another thing that just astounds me, and that is... You know, num- number one, you know, people think if God would just speak to them, give them a word, you know, that they would that they would jump up and get ready. Well, well, well no, they won't. You know, I think of I think of the story Jesus told. You know, where where uh, uh, <laughs> this this guy dies and is and uh, I can't remember the thing, but but it's like, well, let him come back and kind of tell us tell us all about you, you know what's 
what's out there in yeah. eternity. And then that way, you know, our family members will turn to God. And, and, and it's really interesting because in, in, in this parable, you know, uh, uh, he, he says, it wouldn't matter if, if somebody came back from the dead and told you, you still would. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love what you're saying today, Jim. These are that one profound statement. If God would speak personally to me, then I'll get ready. Yeah. And it's like, but, but, but you won't, but, that's so profound because people are waiting for that. If he would just oh. talk to me or speak to me, then I'll be okay. You know, the, the in the Hebrew alphabet, we've talked a lot about the letter mem. Mm-hmm. And there's the open mem and there's the closed mem. And the closed mem represents what God has already revealed <laughs> to us by his word. Mm-hmm. And the open mem represents when we believe and act on that word then the open mem represents God showing us how to apply that word to our life and how to walk this out. But the thing is, everybody wants that open mem. God, show me how to walk out what I need to walk out. Show me mm-hmm. what it is I need right. to do. But the problem is, if you don't believe what God has already revealed, if you're not handling the the what you know what we would call the Bible, if you're not handling <laughs> the the you know the the written word of God as as special revelation from God, then mm-hmm. the real truth is there's nothing. He has nothing else to say to you. Yeah, if you're not handling that closed mim, then there's yeah. nothing. There's nothing that's going to lead you into that open mim. Yeah, because even if you heard it, it doesn't matter. That somebody comes back from the dead. Jesus right. came back from the dead and told us, but we don't believe him. I was going to say, how much do you actually respect and honor the words right there? I mean, yeah. it, that is those words saying coming back from the dead, and this is what I this is what's happening. Yeah. So I'm always blown away when people are surprised. You know, I, I give you a good example. You know, and and people can still get my book for free. I think my they can get the digital copy of. Uh, of uh, the wisdom of God for fair and just world, I think they mm-hmm. can still get that for free, mm-hmm. or they can get it on uh, uh, they can get it on uh, Amazon for n- nearly nothing. You know, we we just we, we've got that out here just to serve and help people. But um, uh, one of the things I really labor in that book, and I think I labor it pretty good in Apocalypse, and then in several of my audio series. Uh, the word of God makes completely clear that the destruction of planet Earth will ultimately begin to come together through racial conflict. I mean, Jesus says it in Matthew 24, nation shall rise against nation. Well, that, that's the word uh, uh, ethnos, hmm. ethnic groups, one ethnic group rising against, against another. And so Jesus lays all of these things out, lays out how it's going to unfold, you know, you know what the plan is going to be, what the process is going to be. And people are surprised. Christians are surprised at, at what's happening. And sometimes, you know, I share some of the stuff and they're like, well, where'd you get that? Well, out of the Bible. <laughs> and so, so you won't even take the Bible and read it and discover how, you know, how to prepare yourself for, for things that are happening. But you, you, you fool yourself into thinking if God would just tell you something personally mm. that you would step up and, you, and then you would, you would follow him. You know, it's interesting. I was reading in Joshua 3. And, you know, I, I really do believe that my heart leads me to read certain places in the Bible and however, or how to study and all that kind of stuff. But I was in Joshua three this week and I don't have this scripture verse. I know it's Joshua three, but it was basically he, God was saying, 
paraphrased, you purify my, your hearts and yeah. I'll do the wonders. Like, yeah. like the thing is, is that sort of that continuum you pure, all you're called to do is purify your hearts in your right. motives, in your heart place, in doing heart work and, you know, do purify your heart. But then he says, I will do the wonders. And yeah. I think that so many times that brought such comfort to me, but that I can apply to my life. And I had never seen that as many times mm-hmm. as I've read the Bible. I just stayed on that scripture of, wow, how many times in my life have I thought that I had to do the wonders or, you know what I'm saying? And yet this is what you're asking me to do is purify mm-hmm. my heart. And yeah. and sometimes it's so simple what God's asking us to do. And then he will do his, he, yeah. he does do his part all the time. Well, God always does his part. You know, I think about that passage of scripture that we've quoted on here so many times, you know, from the book of Proverbs, where it says that there's a way that seems right to a man, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, its end is the way of death. And then, but it, then it goes on because this is quoted twice in Proverbs, and in this particular in Proverbs fourteen twelve, it goes on to say, even in laughter the heart the heart may sorrow, and the end of mirth may be grief, because the backslider and heart will be filled with his own ways. Now, there is a thing that people hate to hear that I'm about to say, and that is we're always getting what we're actually pursuing. Wow. You know, but but the, the problem is because we don't trust God's righteousness. You know, the reason there is no justice in the world. The reason there's no justice in America is because Americans, including most of the church, have rejected God's standard of righteousness because justice is always based on righteousness. In other words, if this is what is righteous, then violating this calls for calls for these kinds of consequences to bring this person back in line. But the real truth is you know, even the church today, by and large, they're either over judgmentally, you know, want to see God kill everybody, or most of the church today is really so passive and compromised that that they consider themselves more righteous than God. They consider themselves more merciful than God. And so they consider God's justice to be too harsh. Therefore, they don't want God's justice. America right now is the fruit, the consequences of exactly what the backslidden, compromised church and the rest of the nation wanted. We, we, mm. we got exactly, we got the consequences. Mm. We didn't, we didn't want to suffer some of the things that we're suffering, but we got the consequences of the kind of world, the kind of nation we want this to be. Is that? predominantly based on because I I haven't rightfully observed his righteousness and that I've I've you know manufactured my own righteousness and therefore yeah. you know those are the choices you know that I really want I, I think they're similar to what God would desire but again it's it's my own righteousness yeah. and therefore, I experience, you know, the consequences of my choices. You know, and you, you, okay, I'll let you respond to that. Well, I, I was just going to say, you know, the thing is, remember, the great battle 
that began in the garden that ends with the destruction of earth as we know it, you know, is, uh, is who defines good and evil. Mm-hmm. Right. Everything, everything that's happening right now revolves around what is our definition of good and evil. So I've got this, you could say I've got this path or this way or this definition or this concept of what really is righteous, what really it is fair, right what is me. what really is just. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so I've I've got this I've got this concept of it. And so we're you know, we're applying that, but the more we apply it, the more the end of that is death and destruction. Yes. You know, um, we've we as you said, we've talked about this theme throughout many of the many of the podcasts about justice is based on righteousness. And it's interesting this morning, Jim, before we started recording, you shared something to me that helped me understand like I never have before because I'm such a visual person. <clears throat> and you know, I love words and I love concepts, but when you give me a visual, all of a sudden lights turn on for me. And mm-hmm. You shared with us, I don't know if this is the time in the podcast to share that. Wait, I can, yeah. Okay, I'd really appreciate that. I think that maybe our listeners would be helped by that. Well, you know, there are a lot of times that, you know, that God helps me understand things Mm -hmm. by visuals. Yeah. You know, and and most of the time when this happens, you know, I don't really know if I'm awake, don't know if I'm asleep. Yeah. I, I can't really I can't really completely describe exactly what's happening. But uh, but the other night I was laying in bed and I was praying for wisdom to know how what I could do, you know, as a believer to to comfort other believers, to equip other believers, yes. to prepare people for what's coming. Because listen, folks, what you see happening now is nothing. Right. Nothing. You know, I was I was watching a documentary the other day, you know, about the barbarians and, you know, and, and how they would just go through villages, kill everybody, steal everything that everybody had. And, and I was just thinking about how horrible all that was. And all of a sudden, I was reminded that the Bible says that this tribulation that we will soon go into, it says it is worse than any tribulation that has ever been on the face of the earth. And I was just thinking, man, I look back at some of these ancient times and the way they fought ancient wars, and I'm telling you, that was some brutal, brutal stuff. And again, they killed your families, they killed your children, they raped your wives, they took, you know, I mean, they took every possession that you had. And, 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 you know, your, your wives would end up basically being sex slaves to whoever captured them. And, and your children would end up being servants in households, you know, where they were captured. And, you know, and you look at all that and you think, but what's coming is worse than any of that. And I, and I, and I can hear that and I can process it actually. Like, as you're saying that, I believe what you're saying and it doesn't make my heart race, Good. but I, I am very care. I, I saying that kind of thing to mm-hmm. our listeners, there's going to be a whole bunch of people where their hearts are going to start to race and they're going to panic. And so does it help them for them to hear those words? Like I, like, do you know what I'm <clears throat> saying? Like I, I hear what you're saying and it's true. And I, no. and I mean, it's, I don't know. I'm not saying when it's going to happen. I don't know when that's right. going to happen. And I'm not right. even going to say how and it's going to happen. I'm not claiming that. No, yeah. we're not doing that. And I just want to sort of put that disclaimer in there. 
but we need to get to a place of peace in Jesus where we hear news like that and it just comes into our heart and it just flows through that the promise, like the promise of peace that I can have in my heart. Well, you know, and, and again, remember what determines how the word of God affects you is your heart. Ah, okay. That it helps is me to understand. the beliefs of your heart. There's no right. standard. There's no standard. This will always affect somebody negatively. You know, yeah. one person will listen to this and say, you know what? I This does scare me. I, I've got to dig into Jesus. I've got to, I, I have got to, I've got to yeah. solidify my walk with God. Yeah. Then, there, then there's another person who knows nearly nothing about God. Well, God, why are you going to let this happen? Why are you going to do it? God's not doing it. You know, mm-hmm. but they'll go to some crazy place and they'll right. get feel full of fear. And, right. And, so it's uh, almost like a revealer. How you react to what you just yeah. said is a revealer. That's all it is. That's all oh, there no. is to it. Everything that we react to in life is a revealer of what mm. we believe. Mm. You know, people used to come to me and say, well, you know, it seems like a lot of people that get this grace message get in sin. It's like grace messages don't make you get in sin. What's in your heart makes you get in sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you know, the Bible doesn't say this. The Bible doesn't say sin comes out, out, out of the message you're, you're listening to. It says it comes out of your heart. Yeah. So, so, so here's the thing. Some people will hear this panic and, and, and just really turn away from anybody that warns them. That person makes me. That person makes me afraid. That person, you know, they they know they're discouraged. So I don't want to hear that. So really, if you went to the Bible and read it, you would find that what we're saying is exactly what the, we're just quoting what the Bible says. So really, what you're saying is, God, I don't want your written word. Hmm. I don't want to hear your word through people that would preach it to me and prepare it to me. Which means I don't want to hear you personally tell me how to prepare for these things that are coming on the planet earth, because I, I, I don't want to accept that they're going to come. Yeah. I'm not, I am not going to accept that. Mm-hmm. And so that person, that person is running naked through the world, so to speak, mm-hmm. with no protection whatsoever. They've got their eyes shut. It's like running down a freeway with your eyes shut, hoping, you know, that you're not going to get hurt. And, you know, you know, crazy kind of stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, so many people have contacted me, you know, over the last few weeks and months of just, I don't even know how to pray about stuff like this. Hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, the main way we should pray about stuff like this is for uh, the type of prayer that Jesus taught called binding and loosing, where I deal with my own beliefs and my own emotions because because I need to become an influencer. I need to mm-hmm. become a person that in the middle of any storm, I'm the person that's going to stay stable. I'm, yes. I'm the person that's going to keep listening to God. I'm the person that's going to, going to walk this out when nobody believes, uh, you know, that there's a way out. And so that's where all prayer really should start is dealing with your own heart, your own fears, mm-hmm. your own And your unbelief. own reactions. As I said, those reactions are a blessing because they're yeah. a revealer. So if you're you know, scrambling to say, what's going on in this world? Maybe it's time to take a step back and go, wait a minute, where is my stability? Where is my security? Where is my peace? Because it's not in this world. It's very clear that this earth is very, like heaven and earth are are overlapping realities, but we live in the promises of God. That is our life. Uh, But we live in the promises of God based on the beliefs of our heart. Not right. based on the right. circumstances that are. So if there's ever time to do heart work or do heart physics, oh yeah, this is this is your window of time. 
to yeah. get to that place of peace where you can be not, um, you're sheltered from the storms of life just because yeah. of the beliefs in your heart. So, you know, people keep wanting to, here's a, here, people want to know how to pray in a way that would prevent all of this stuff <laughs> that's already started. I'm sorry for happening. laughing, but like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I don't ever create doctrine. As a matter of fact, you guys know this. I very seldom share the type of experience that I'm about to share. I very mm-hmm. seldom talk to it, mm-hmm. talk about it. I definitely never use it for the basis of my doctrine. But so anyhow, I'm just communicate communion with the Lord about what's happening in America. And so I start I'm, I'm starting to think about Okay, when Jesus comes back, he's going to establish justice. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the Antichrist and the Antichrist armies, the people that align with the Antichrist, they will experience immediate destruction. Hmm. And, uh, and, and then uh, Jesus will establish his rule here on planet Earth for 1,000 years so that we get to to see. I mean, here we are at the darkest point in history. And 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 just think there's gonna be generations of kids that know nothing about God. And so they're gonna have a thousand years of seeing what justice looks like. Hmm. Now, <clears throat> so Jesus is gonna rule and reign, and we're gonna rule and reign with him, mm-hmm. you know. Uh there's gonna be a, a worldwide a govern governing body based on uh, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ that have been, you know, that have been transformed uh, uh, through resurrection. Now, so I'm thinking about Jesus. What is it? I'm, I'm just kind of thinking about what does it look like it, when Jesus starts to establish justice? And so justice, keep in mind, justice gets into a concept of saying, if this is not... You know, when we think about righteousness, we get very re- religious and legalistic yeah, with yeah. it. But but righteousness and love are always in harmony. You know, it's always about what gives life. It's about it's about what benefits not only us but benefits other people. There's more to it than just right or, or, or wrong. And so so you know, I'm thinking about what all how, what all would change in business if if suddenly righteousness prevailed. Well, you know, one of the things that would change in business, for example, I don't believe it would be legal from that point forward for any of the preservatives and things that give people cancer and other diseases that are put into our food to make them sit on shelves longer and be able to. So I don't, I don't think that would be legal anymore. Huh? Interesting. Interesting. So, so then, so then you start saying, well, well, well wait a minute. So, so what, what about cell phone towers? Well, if they if they damage your body and cause disease, they probably won't be legal anymore. I mean, we're talking about a radical transformation of everything on planet Earth. But so at some point, as I'm praying, worshiping, communing with God, this kind of changes from me thinking and praying to something that I'm watching. And in this thing that I'm watching, it's like there is this huge arena and in this huge arena then then Jesus calls forth the heads of all governments and they have to come and stand before him and this might be what the bible talks about about the you know judgment of the nations mm-hmm. 
I mean, I don't know, but they have to come stand before him. And he says, you know, I will, I, I will ask you this. And if you lie, you know, you can appeal to my mercy, mm. but if you lie, you will immediately die. Can I just bring emphasis to that? If you can appeal to my mercy, yeah. like this is not just, you know, sometimes people just hear what they think they're hearing. I just wanted to underscore what you just said. Yeah. You you so, have yeah. opportunity to appeal to my mercy. Yeah. So he starts with all of these heads of state for the nations of the world. And, you know, he, he starts asking questions like, have you ever done things politically that, that uh, uh, cause other people to die? And you did it just for power or, you know, or greed. Yeah. And if they came up and said anything other than yes, they just yeah. dropped over dead right there on the spot. Right. And so I watched as thousands and thousands of government leaders from around the world drop dead right on the spot when they could have appealed to the mercy of God. Yeah. And, and all they were asked is to not lie. Yeah, and I'm yeah. and that, see this blows my mind because I think that we get so accustomed to letting these, you know, we get so familiar with lying yeah. that we don't even realize that when even when our life is at stake, yeah. we will lie because we're just not willing to face the actual truth oh, or no. confess. And so and so, you know, he he's calling these people forward and asking them these questions and. And at some point, it began to be focused more on America, and I'm assuming because I will I, I deal are. with more people in yeah. America. Yeah. And so, so in this, he calls all of the Senate forward, and all of our Senate comes forward, and the rules are the same: you can appeal to my mercy, or, but if you lie, you die. And so he he says, so have you ever made? trade deals and negotiations with other countries that hurt America, that took jobs away from Americans, that made their lives worse. And I'm telling you, anybody that got up and started to explain just fell over dead. And then he goes to the House. And then he goes to the Supreme Court. So, man, I'm watching him go through every level of government. And I knew from what I was watching that at some point in time, this would get down to every mayor, every governor, every attorney general, you know. And I'm watching some people tell the truth or, or some people, you know, admit the truth and they're sitting over here. And I don't know, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what that process is over there. But I just know that the ones that would not tell the truth will just drop over dead. Well, suddenly there began to be this cry out from the people that if a politician they liked, even though that politician had hurt America, had caused us jobs, had caused people to die and go through hardship, you know, even though all that was true, but this is who I voted for. I, I like this person. You're being too harsh. And so suddenly this outcry began to come up out of the people saying, yeah. you are being too harsh. Yes. And, and I, I'm not saying this exactly like I heard it in this, yeah. in this setting. But it was like the Lord looked out across the people and said, and, and said, you didn't want justice, and this is what got your country where it is. You cried out to me, and now that I'm bringing you justice, you don't want my justice. Mm. And it was like suddenly he just left and, and left us with what we, with what wow. we have. Well, that's really where America and the world is. Yeah. We 
don't want justice. You can commit treason. I mean, I'm telling you, we have the knowledge of so many politicians that have committed treason over the last 10 years. There's never been anything done about it. Not one thing. There was a time when if you commit treason, you died for it. You got, you, you got the death penalty. You know, you can go, like I say, you can find hundreds of trade deals that were made that caused Americans to starve to death, to, you know, to, to, to lose their families, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. But the point is, we don't want justice because for there to be justice, there has to be an absolute definition of what is fair and what is just and what is righteous and what what you know what is loving, and we don't want that because we all we, we all want to uh, uh, you know blur the lines with justice. Yes, and right. So so it kind of goes. You know, people used to ask me. They would say, "Well, why don't the, why don't the Republicans ever stand up when these Democrats do all these dishonest things?" I said, "Because Republicans are dishonest." Right. That's like that's like why why does this person. And this and this gang over here. Why don't they go right out? This person over in this gang over here, because because wickedness loves wickedness. Yes. And so, so you know, the problem is we're living in a world where God has warned us what's coming. And honestly, I mean, stop and think about it. Right now, if every politician, every judge that had been corrupt, that had made deals that hurt our country. If immediately uh, every person in America that was corrupt, dishonest, and murderous, and, you know, dishonest, treasonous, if immediately they were put in prison, I don't even know. We wouldn't even have a handful of people left in government offices today. And, Jim, we can't help but bring this home. I mean, how about us? And when we lie or when we've right. gotten accustomed to being angry or being, you know, you know, you have, we have to take this to a place where we can apply this to our life as well. All right. You know, so do we want, because we want, we, we have so many people that say I'm a justice person, you know? So when I see these, I hear that a lot when we're doing yeah. sessions with couples, well, I'm a justice person. So when I see him or her doing this and this and this, I want him to, you know, her to experience righteousness, you know, she or he needs to be more righteous. And I'm like, uh, and a really? person that would even make that statement does yeah. not have a clue what they're talking about. And they don't understand what justice really is because there's no. this holiness of what you just shared. I know it's, it was what you saw in a visual, but it's jolting because it gives us just that jolt to say, wait a minute, no. do I really understand what justice looks like? No. Be, you, you know? <clears throat> well, if I don't want just anything that I really don't, you know, apply to me. Anything I just apply to other people. Right. And the real truth is I'm I'm a hypocrite in that right. area myself. I yeah. have no I don't intend to do it. It's like, you know, you know, you know, Christians Christians think nothing about gossip and slander. Right. Nothing. Right. But so the only difference between us, you know, when a politician gets on television and lies about or exaggerates a flaw of another politician, well that's lying. That's slandering. And, and there's no difference between them doing it on television and destroying, you know, the life of somebody. And it is us sneaking around and doing it in church and mm -hmm. destroying some people in our church community, our church family. And even doing it within our own families. Oh, yeah. I mean, how many times ha have I seen this within, 
even our own family, when I'll catch myself, Jim, talking to one of my kids about the one of the other kids that's bugging me or something. I'm just I'm just trying to bring it so close to home. Like well, we, see, and my family is just yeah. All of our kids are grown, so it's just me and Brenda. So yeah. Every now and then I go to Brenda and I say, I need to tell you something about the other Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> Because 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 I don't even have anybody I can go gossip to and make stuff up about. <laughs> hey Brenda, can I tell you how Brenda's super disgusting yeah. to me right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did, no, you but, what, did you hear what did you hear what you like, said a minute ago? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But I mean that's like I'm trying to bring it so close to home that we do like that would be it. It's like would yeah. we actually have different conversations? Did you hear what you just said to me? Like how that hurt me? You know, that kind of thing. See, we want justice everywhere except in our own lives. Exactly. Because because we think that what other people do justifies what we do. Right. You know, our our righteousness isn't born out of who is God and what is walking in love and what is justice. It's not born. Our righteousness isn't born out of that. Our righteousness, our righteousness, the way that seems right to us, the way that Mm -hmm. feels fulfilling when we're (laughs) doing it, but in the end destroys us is, is, is just the, uh, is just the fact that uh, whatever anybody else does justifies whatever I do in return, whatever I do to retaliate, whatever I do to get even. And so, so you know, we've got a we got a nation and a world full of people that really very few people are really looking to walk in love. Very few people mm-hmm. are really looking to be peacemakers. Mm-hmm. Everybody is looking to be, you know, self-justified, self-vindicated. Uh, and, and, and so the thing is, we have a world. <clears throat> I think we said I don't know if we said this, but when we were talking before we turned this program, but something you got to realize is this is, you know, slander and gossip is a form of destroying people, hmm. which means it is in the continuum of murder. I will mm-hmm. destroy some part of your life in order to, to get even with you for, you know, for the hurt that you brought into my life. But the problem is the person that really gets destroyed from that is me, the person that commits yeah. that offense. Or the person who really wants this loving family and you're actually destroying your own family yeah. by participating with all this. Remember the movie Liar, Liar, you guys, with Jim Carrey, yeah. when he can't say, like that's what's just swimming through my head right now, because all of a sudden he saw how many times he's not actually telling the truth. You know, yeah. not that we want to be cruel or anything. I'm, that That's not, that's an extreme example. But anyway, just plopped through my yeah. head. It's like, a, it's a but, reveal. <clears throat> so, so here's kind of what's interesting is this. Everything that we're doing is a path or a way that we think is right, that will get us what we want. Mm -hmm. And so we choose to vote. You know, you know, what's really interesting. Most politicians run primarily uh, around what the special interest groups in their state or city want. So, you know, like here in, here in Alabama, you know, uh, we've got some we've got some politicians who have, you know, man, they've been, uh, uh, you know, in, in in Congress for decades, and the thing that they run on every year is bringing more of NASA's budget to Huntsville. So, a third of NASA's budget 
used, I don't know if it still does, but it used to come to Huntsville. And so, and so, you know, they didn't run on anything they were going to do for the people. They didn't run on anything that they were going to do, you know, to make our schools better, they, nothing, you know, or, or whatever. They ran on special interests of bringing more of NASA's money to our state. Well, you, you look around, all politicians run on special interest, pretty much. There's always going to be some special interest group that if they'll, if they'll meet that group's need, that group is going to fund them, going to raise money for them, going to get people out to vote, going to, you know, going to promote them. Uh, but the real truth is that politician didn't run for the people in their city or their state. They didn't run f and to represent you know, the people that they're supposed to represent. They ran to get what they wanted, which is elected, which, which by and large gives them access to all kinds of sweetheart deals. It's always amazing how all these people go to Congress, you know, some, some part of Congress that, you know, that are making about $20,000 a year. And then about, you know, about eight years later, they're millionaires. Kind of, mm -hmm. kind of always interesting to me how that kind of, how that kind of works out that way, mm -hmm. because they're not there representing, you know, their constituents. They are not there representing their districts or their states or their cities. They are there representing special interests. So, so people do what they do the way they do it to get what they want, because they think that getting what they want is the thing that's going to make them happy and make them enjoy life. Well, the real truth is, you know, you know, um, uh, the curse is not something that God arbitrarily stands up and says, I'm going to do to you as punishment for what you have done. The Hebrew language is very clear that the curse is, is what you get. It is the fruit of the seed that you have sown. It is you getting back what you have sown. It is the mm -hmm. consequences of this thing that God warned you not to do. He warned you to leave it alone. It's not God bringing mm -hmm. the curse. Mm -hmm. You, just like this scripture that we read in Proverbs, mm -hmm. where, it says, where it says, you know, uh, uh, there's a way that seems right, but in the end, it's always going to be death. And even though, man, you're laughing and, and, you know, you're having a great time. The problem is the backslider in heart is filled mm -hmm. with his own ways. Mm -hmm. So you, your life is always going to be filled with your own ways. The problem with America today is that we have let wickedness, ungodliness, uh, uh, injustice, we have let it grow to such proportions that incredibly minute minority groups, and I'm not talking about minorities in the sense of blacks and whites, I'm just saying minority groups, minority special interest groups of all kinds, basically uh, are, are running the whole country. Mm -hmm. So when we relate it, I, I understand that we're relating all this to politics, but because I'm not a political person, you know what I mean? I don't think like that. I right. always apply it to me and my family and practical because I find it if I talk, if I just hear the news, I'll just get mad at people and that's not helping <clears throat> me. You know what I'm no. saying? So when we talk about politics, I get it. I don't want to generalize every person in government is evil or something like that. Just like not every cop is bad. Like, I mean, right. there are, we just, I guess I'm more, we, I don't want to group people as much as I want to get individual in saying if this is going to help me, what you just said is so profound because everything we are doing is a path that we think is right to get us what we want. And so instead of the, just the politicians doing that, what am I doing 
you know, what, what path do I think is right to get what I want? Because this is going to play out in our life, not just in a country or in politics. Right. This is, this is my life we're talking about. These are my choices. You know, I, I was using politics simply because that's the easiest thing to yes. see right Yeah, now. you know what? Oh, yeah. And thank you. And I yeah. hope I didn't shut that down because that's not no, what I you, meant. No, you, did, you didn't. But remember we started this whole thing about, that. you know, there is <laughs> the one thing we have to do is we have got to connect with God ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so whatever I want in life, I've got to, I've got to decide. You know, I, I, the, the other day I just got this man. I just got, I, I was laying in bed. Uh, you know, and I, and I was just. You know, some of you, some of our followers know. You know, I've had like about four or five weeks of COVID. Yeah. Which means I have about two, one to two hours of clear thinking. So when I have to go lay down, you know, my temperature goes up or something like that. As much as I can, I've started to meditate on scriptures, listen to my heart. And, mm-hmm. and so all of a sudden, man, I've just got this out of control, Eden, E-D-E-N, Eden. Yeah. Look up the word Eden. Look up the word Eden. Look up the word wow, Eden. Wow, yeah. interesting. So, so I, you know, I use the Blue Letter Bible. On my, I have it on my phone so that I can do a little bit of language research anywhere at any time. So, you know, what's really interesting is that the word Eden actually is, means pleasure. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, uh, and so, so when, when God created a garden, he called it Eden because it was a garden. And the way the word garden is spelt, by the way, is, 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 it starts with a gimel. And remember, the gimel is a picture of a camel that's, that's rushing to take resources to people in need. Hmm. So, so the whole concept of the Garden of Eden is there's going to be a place that all of your needs are going to be met, all of the resources you're ever going to need are going to be there. Now, remember, if God is sovereign, then this means nobody talked him into doing this. Nobody prayed and fasted to get him to make right, right. the earth a great place. Yes. You, you know what I mean? No, nobody did any of these things. So God did good. this because this is who he is. He's good. And he's only good. Yeah. And so, so I was meditating on that concept of the Garden of Eden uh, about, you know, about, about the Eden was a place where God rushed to bring us what would really bring us pleasure and fulfillment mm. and joy. And, you know, you start looking at all of the places that God, that the Bible talks about God's desire for us to be happy and to be fulfilled and, and you know, to, to have pleasure evermore and all of this kind of stuff. You start, you, you start looking at that and you say, okay. And see, this goes back to the thing I go back to every time. What do you believe about God? If God is good and God is only good, and if everything that God ever does in your life is to bring you fulfillment and joy and peace and relationship, then the real truth is all of these things that you're lusting, that you think you got to lie and cheat and manipulate and do backdoor deals, all this stuff, that's not going to get you what you want. That's going to get you something that's going to bring death. That's going to bring destruction. That's going to cause the curse to manifest in your life. Right. So, so the thing is, I want to always be able to connect to God in a personal, intimate way where I'm experiencing this goodness in my heart, no matter what's going on around me. No matter, uh, uh, you know, you know, somebody asked me, they said, so, you know, so you're going through this thing, you know, you had COVID, you had pneumonia. Two or three other things happening all at the same time, you know, barely able to function. 
So, so did you ever think about quitting? That's sort of like saying hmm. uh, on a hot day, somebody brought me a popsicle and I thought about throwing it away. You know, <laughs> what are you talking about? Did you think about quitting? <laughs> you would only think about quitting. <clears throat> you would only think about stopping <laughs> trusting God if you refuse to believe and experience, you know, that God is good. Yes. And if you, now if you decide to stop experiencing that, then and you decide to go another way, then yeah, you're going to quit. You're, mm-hmm. you're going to go somewhere else because you're going to think there's a better deal for you somewhere. Mm-hmm. And this is us knowing, knowing Him, really yeah. knowing Him, and you know, going back to the illustrations that you've you've been sharing with us. So my question is this: Then how are you, or how am I? How do we then? appeal to his mercy. You see, the thing is, is that we've all gone our own way. Oh, yeah. We've all pursued, you know, selfish desire and ambition. And and yet we find ourselves, you know, possibly in a position, I didn't want to be here. I I really thought things would turn out better. Mm -hmm. And what I don't want is for people just to think, now I have to just simply suffer the consequences. Yeah. You see, that there there is a there is a place of mercy, and then this is where the redemptive work wow. of God comes in when I when I'm willing to, to take a humble place. You see, and but all of that starts in your heart. Yes. See, it doesn't start in your circumstances. I know you know that. Yes. But it's like you, you know what me and Brenda were talking about something the other day, and she was yeah. just talking to me about something that was bothering her, you know. She, yeah. She kind of looked back in her life and she felt like she'd mishandled something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, so we, you know, we, we talked it through and, but, but I remember thinking afterwards, you know, uh, I don't ever have those feelings. Hmm. If something, if it comes up in me that I mishandled something, the first thing I always do is go to the cross yeah. It's like Jesus, you bore the, you became the sin. Yeah. You took this punishment. Yeah. You carried it away from me. You know, you were raised up in newness of life. I'm sure I always go back to the cross and start reminding myself. And you know, the Bible it's got I'm taking this scripture a little out of context, but you know, the Bible says agree, agree quickly with your adversary. Interesting. So it's, just, it's always been my policy to go. When, I, when, a, when a feeling of guilt comes up over something that I've done, I'm like, yeah, I did that. And yeah, ah. I deserve, I deserve all the condemnation that I'm feeling. I deserve to punish it, all mm-hmm. that punishment, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to live yeah, that punishment. Right. Because I'm going to go back to the cross here, what what Jesus did. So, once, so good. Pe- once peace comes alive in your heart, then to whatever degree it's possible, you start mm. bringing peace into your circumstance. You start making different decisions. I mean, all of these all of these external factors start changing because it changed inside first. But see, what we want to do, we want it to change outside. And we want that to be the proof that makes us able to have peace on the inside. And, mm-hmm. and, and it won't. It never will. Mm-hmm. That's so you know, so pe- people people have just here is the, here is the deal. It's like, and I'm just telling you, and, and I know people get sick of hearing me say this kind of stuff. It's like you have got to learn to make God your source, no matter what's going on around yep. you. And if you can't do that, 
then the external world and the circumstances of life will overtake your heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, I, I feel like this particular episode of this podcast has said just that. Like it's that that holy um, invitation that we have yeah. is that, you know what? We'll never change the outside world. We'll never, nope. we'll never change the direction that things are going, but I can change to give me proof that I'm going to have peace. I'll nope. never have enough proof on the outside world that I get to have peace now. Whew, finally the world is in order, so I get to have peace. Nope. That's nope. never going to happen, and that's why I feel like that journey is just going to be very frustrating for you and very um, lifeless. But if we make the journey to be, I want to be on this path that's leading me, like you said, Jim, to deal with my emotions and deal with my heart and deal with the reveals that I have. When I reveal to anything in a day, my reactions reveal what's inside of me. And that's not to condemn me, but to say, oh, like I want to experience God on a level there that I hadn't yet. So I get to experience him even more today, you know, and, and there he wants to love me where I'm scared. I think he wants to love people where they're scared. So when they oh, yeah. when fear rises up, you call on Jesus and say, can you love me here and give me your reassurance, mm-hmm. your comfort, your equipment, whatever I need or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I'm, I, I have really enjoyed today and just recognize that I'm, I'm going back to the garden. And in, in, in the garden, I had no lack. Yeah. In the garden, there was no gap. You know, there there was no space, and I the the provision and the pleasure hmm. was there, and in this world we experience those gaps, we experiences those differences and that sense of lack, and so as you said, Jim, so clearly, so who what will you make your source? What will your source be? Yeah, you know, do you look to your marriage? Do you look, you know, to your children? Do you look to your uh, employer, do you look to your government or will God be your source? And when you begin to see, you know, that he has all that you need, you know, that, that, that gimbal, that camel, all the resources come when that becomes, you know, your experience and your reality, that peace really comes. Then you get to be, you, you're allowed or what you're able to do is then begin to bridge the gap for others. You see, God uses people to bridge gaps. And so, and now I'm able to move towards you. You know, I might experience you, you know, as an angry, you know, fearful, uh, uh, resistant individual. But if I can see behind that fear or that, you know, um, veneer or facade that they're putting up and recognize, hey, there's a scared person back here. Now I can move towards them you know, with the resources that I've discovered in God. And and so because good. he is my peace, I'm going to bring peace wherever I go. Mm-hmm. That's so good. All the week I've been listening to, it's so interesting you brought up the word Eden, because all week on my playlist, I've been singing this song, it's called Back to Eden. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard it with Donald Lawrence? I don't know. I can't okay, remember. it's probably not a very popular song. Somehow I found it. But it's oh. Donald Lawrence, it's Back to Eden. And I'm going back to Eden and live on top of the world. And it, t- it talks about the design and of God. You know, it's so good. You know, I always tell people, I've said this, Kylie, almost 50 years. I've just said, look, yeah. if you want to know, if you want to know God, yeah. then look at the things that God did that were, and this is where sovereignty comes in. He wasn't influenced by anybody. He wasn't influenced by anybody praying. He wasn't influenced by right. 
you know, by anything. And you have two places. One is in the garden. Yeah. God created the world. That's what his will was for me. Like man. nobody prayed for that. I love that yeah. thought, Jim. And then number two is when you go to Revelation 21, where he says, I'll dry every tear. There will be no more crying. There'll yeah. be no more sorrow. So the two places where we see God's will done perfectly, free from any influence of any outside source, where all he's doing is creating an environment to give you exactly the life that he wants, is the garden yep. and when heaven comes to earth. And in both of those places, there's no sin, there's no sickness, there's no disease, there's no there are no tears, there's no sorrow, nothing. And so... You know, and and then of course, in between that, you look at the cross of Christ. I mean, you know, I'm not saying those are the only two places, right, right, right. But I'm saying those are the two places, the beginning and the end, where God says, "Look, this is all I ever wanted for you. Nothing else. This is the path. (laughs) Yeah, this is the path. Yes, absolutely. The path is the destination. And then, if you want to know God, look at what He did. And then, even look in your own life. If you want to know God, look at your life of what He's done that you were not praying for. Like oh. I think of the things that God's done for me in my life that I wasn't even praying for. It was beyond my yeah. prayed for. You know, maybe we, maybe next week. I don't know. We can we can decide. But you know, uh, did we talk a few weeks ago? Remember, my memory's just jacked yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but did we talk about that whole thing about uh, about uh, uh, you know when you're when you're strong in the spirit? It sustained you through infirmity. Did we talk about that on here a few weeks ago? Nope. This is, maybe maybe we might re- want to dive into Let's that next that. week. Yeah. Because there, there is so... The problem with this is p- people that are looking for intellectual answers won't find them. Right. But people that are looking for real-life connections, they will find something they can't even explain. Okay. Wow. Good. I that like is it. that is incredible. Good. I look forward to that. And this week again, I, I I really feel this for you and for me. The most important element of the podcast is now when I turn it off, you know, and I, I and apply it to my life. I'm going to make this step. I'm not going to live in a place of guilt, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to just judge and you know pass blame on others. But I'm going to appeal to his mercy. Yep. I'm going to I'm I, so I'm going to discover my resurrected yeah. life in Christ and right. and go to the and go to the cross. And again, it, yeah. it's just not these words, but it's just like wow, I really get to live free. Yep. Thanks so much, Jim. Like I know that Thank right you. what you're 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 choosing in these days. Yeah. And we're all with you, just in agreement with God's, you know, total healing for you. But for you to give us this time when you only have a certain time in a day, it means so much to us. And on behalf of the listeners and me, uh, thank you. Yeah. Your friendship to us I is invaluable. Have, I enjoy it's good for me. You know what? The more you focus on solutions and answers, and yeah. Promises, the less you're focusing on what you're struggling with or feeling bad about, you know, or yeah. whatever. So this is it's always great for me. Well, it yeah. means a lot to us. Okay. All right. We'll, well see you thanks, next time, listeners, listeners. And be sure, you know, give it a thumbs up, right? Make a comment, share with others. We it love helps. you. And, uh, and uh, just remember Impact Ministries and what's going there. And uh, your generosity means yeah. so very, very much. Have a wonderful week. I look forward to our next time together. Bye-bye. Amen. <laughs> hey, man. Thank you.